Hello, and you're listening to FPCast, the podcast for Fruitless Pursuits, where we will shit about the week in pop culture. I am Luke. I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about... Movies, movies, television, television, collectibles, video games, comics, comics, board games, board games, and more, and more. What's up, fucking sugarcoat? We're talking about Endgame. We are. Endgame. 20, is it the 22nd or the 21st? I don't know. I'm not very good at maths. I think it's the 22nd. Mm. Uh, it's, 10 it's, years it sounds close enough. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. all boiling together. In, 11, in, technically. It was 2008, I believe, with Iron yeah, right. Man. Into, mm. into a movie which is uh, had more sort of secrecy around it than pretty much any movie I can think of in uh, mm. recent history, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think people have been, for the most part, pretty good about not spoiling things like I haven't um obviously we saw it pretty early on the first day of of release but I haven't really stumbled across any errant spoilers and I haven't been trying to avoid anything no I didn't stumble on any the only times I've seen them is when I've actually like I read some Instagram comments Mm. on one of the don't spoil the end game posts from the stars they've been they've been doing and then there are some people some real rebels that have uh, really bucked the system by going Chris Evans you don't tell me what to do, yeah. pal. I'm from the Philippines. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil it all. I've seen some people that like put up a list and like some of the things are not quite true. So you're looking at it and you're like, oh, is this is a spoiler or not? Just don't, you know. I think at this point, if you haven't seen the movie, don't believe anything. Well, what about the people that do the joke spoilers? And I don't mean like talking about characters in the movie, but say stuff like, oh yeah, Vader is Luke's father. They're pretty funny people, yeah, too. Yeah. 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 So, um, everyone's had a bit of fun with it. And uh, we're going to have a bit of fun with it over the over the course of this show. Now, we, we've talked about this, and to do a spoiler-free review of this thing... You just say, it's a movie. Like, that's pretty, pretty nonsense. Much... You can't talk about anything. Yeah. So, yeah. if you want a spoiler-free, uh, it's good, it's worth seeing, and of course you're going to see it. Like, if you've gotten this far, go and see it. Mm. You'd be nuts not to see mm. it. And no one's on the fence with this. Everybody's going to see it. Uh, we we know that already, so we're going to assume by the time this comes out on Monday, most people have seen it. Mm. If you haven't yet, that's fine. Just don't listen to this show. Mm. Uh, it, it's a bonus anyway because we've been doing them fortnightly, and this mm. has only been a week. So, mm. uh, fare ye well. Thank you. If you haven't seen Endgame, um, I would advise you leaving now. This is a spoiler show. We're going to do a spoiler review of Endgame, and then we're going to do a. Spoiler talk about Game of Thrones episode mm. two, and that's the show. Mm-hmm. That's all we're doing. So, you've been you've been told, you've been warned. Yeah, it's like a big neon spoiler warning sign over here, guys. So if you're it, ignoring it, this is on you. And it's in Detective Pikachu font. Yeah, I like that. I like that neon uh, stuff they got happening. <sighs> yeah, I think when I saw the they had the Pikachu ad before Endgame and. Every time I'd seen anything for it, it just fucking grated on me. But watching that trailer, I was like, oh. That is the same as the original trailer. Yeah, I think maybe That's it's That's not just, the new one. Uh, no, 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 I know, but maybe it's just time. No, I agree. I'm keen to see it. Like, when I when at first, I was just like, fuck Ryan Reynolds and that yeah. voice. Fuck that voice. But now I'm like, oh, fuck it. You know, whatever. Stockholm. Yeah, or just, you know, realising that, fuck, it's all nonsense, isn't it? Why get angry about a Pikachu voice? Yeah, no, although people would be angry. <laughs> oh, no, but just, like, in, in any way emotionally frustrated over a Pikachu voice. Oh, yeah, well, it is what it is, isn't it? That's the movie. You mm. can't change that now, so you mm. either see it or you don't. Mm. And uh, we'll see it. Yeah, we will. I like the look of that Jigglypuff. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah they look fun. Sweet little, sweet looking jiggly puff. So yeah. uh, I'm going to puff it up next uh, month. Oh, gross. Check it out. What's that gross? It's fairy and... No, I don't even know. What? You can't, I wouldn't even know how a Pokemon works in that respect. Uh. So puff it up. I'm going to go and watch some Jigglypuff. Oh. And enjoy it. Oh, okay. I'm going to try and fuck the thing. <laughs> well, it's on the screen. How I mean, would that work? I mean, it is you, Luke. And, uh, you know, it's it's a pink character. So perhaps a coded female. And I know what you're like. I yeah. know what you're like. You're right. I've totally fucked that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Wow. Wow. So Endgame <laughs> is, is a movie. Now that people are going, I wish I'd opted out when the, uh, <laughs> when I had the chance. Uh, well, too full you. Um, Look, we've been around for a couple of years. Like, I feel people know. We have, haven't we? And like, look, do you look think at, that we're not going to talk about fucking Pokemon? <laughs> look at what we've achieved. What Pokemon do you most like to fuck, reader, listener? Whatever the fuck you are. Oh, dear. Oh, well, I'm man. torn because Jinx has tits. <laughs> okay, but, but what uh, about the cow one? Mil- That's got Mil- tits. has lots of tits. Okay, yeah. Uh, I feel like yeah. which one's the, the like the the is it Mew or Mewtwo? Mewtwo's like the big big silvery one. He's like he's like not big, is he? But he's muscular. Okay, and he's got like a sort of humanoid body. Yeah, with a yeah cat I'd, head. I'd probably go with like that over something like Machomp. Milk. Like, <laughs> my chop. <laughs> oh, Mark, look at my chop. Look at my chop down there. Yeah, I think my chop wouldn't be a fun. He doesn't seem like a gentle lover. No. No. Miltank, I think I would feel like um, Donnie Yen doing his... Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. That's going to make no sense to anyone. You can't see what I'm doing there. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Oh, we you had know, fun. Donnie Yen with his, Just, you know, Donnie with his pole. He's got that thing with all the little knobs that stick out, and he's like working them all. Uh, <laughs> he's a pro knob worker, Tony. Yeah, yeah Tony that's yeah. his Instagram bio. Yeah, knob yeah, worker. yeah, yeah. IMDb. That's mm-hmm. the first sentence that comes up. <laughs> we are so putting off talking about. We are, aren't we? Game. It's a, it's a, it's a hard place to start, and that's funny because before sitting down to it, I was thinking this movie is a hard place for them to start. Mm. Like, where do you begin with all those threats, all mm. those things that you've got to um, pull up? By the way, spoilers mm. are abound mm-hmm. now, so mm. um, that's your very last chance. Uh, but at the same time, I had a feeling it would be Hawkeye that would kick us off, and, and that was the case. Mm. And uh, we've both seen it twice. Yes. And I think uh, we're going to benefit from that in terms of reviewing it, because mm. I, I, I know from my thoughts after seeing it the first time that I, I didn't have it all clearly in my head, because... Um, I'm really, like, I, I feel like my brain does absorb a lot of stuff when I'm watching these movies. Like, mm. when it's a big blockbuster and I'm sitting there, I'm taking in so much information. I know that the tractor that Hawkeye walks past says Ford 2000 on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm soaking all that stuff mm. in. And then the second time, without that expectation of, well, what is it all? And, and mm. you know, because the first time I'm watching it, for example, they're heading off to see Thanos. Mm. And I'm like, well, you're not in your team suits. Mm. Ant-Man's not here. I, You know, yeah. I'm constantly piecing together from what we've already seen and going, this can't really go anywhere. Yeah. And the start is totally quite bizarre because it feels like they're ramping up to something huge that you know is not going to happen and so there's this weird sort of expectation for a big moment that you also know is really not going to come and it's just it's a 
I don't know. I think at first, like, it felt like such a really weird, off-putting way to start the movie. Yeah, only in the sense that I knew that Ant-Man would have to be involved. Mm. We knew that Hawkeye would have to Mm. be involved. We knew that they would have to be wearing their team suits. Mm -hmm. And we knew that they would be going into the quantum realm, Mm. basically. So anything before that felt like a delay in Mm. getting to the bit that we would have been anticipating for all this Mm -hmm. time. Um, And my first time I watched it, I didn't feel it was a massively coherent movie in the sense that it almost felt like three different movies. There's that first bit, which is actually very sort of slow character-based and really goes back to the basics of building a team again Mm. and everybody having their moment of, no, I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, count me out, Mm. and then getting sucked back in. And, I mean, you have to go through that with Tony, you have to go through that with Hawkeye, you have Mm. to go through that with um, Bruce even, Thor, and even Bruce to an extent. Mm. So, and characters catching up on what we already knew. And then the second act is all fan service. Mm. It's Back to the Future 2. And I think because fans have speculated for so long, how's this all going to work? Mm. I don't know why, but I, I never thought it was going to be as simple as let's go back in time and grab the stones. Always thought there was going to be more to it than that. Yeah, I I knew that they went back in time. Yeah. Before the movie, um, I'd seen some um, uh, behind the scenes photos of. Uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki with the muzzle on, so I knew they were at least yeah. going back to the Battle of New York. Um, and so it didn't surprise me when they said, oh, well, we're going to go back to all these other places as well. But you think, well, you know, what's the plan there? What's going to happen? And, and the first time watching it, they're very fan y There's some jokes. But when you really think about, for example, Thor's journey back, mm. nothing really happens mm. in terms of action and stuff. Mm. Whereas when you see it the second time and you're more mellow... It is actually about his relationship with his mother and, and, and that, that journey. And, it, and it, it's just playing at a different level than what I was anticipating. Yeah, it gives uh, closure to a moment that you felt that the Dark World movie never gave. And then the third act is just a, a great onslaught. It's the most comic booky thing that we've ever seen mm. on screen, mm. and, and it's incredible. So I had to, on the second time, take my own advice and really believe in all the things I'd said about Game of Thrones last week, mm. which was that idea of going, I'm not a character in this. It's not about my journey. It's about the character's journey. It's mm. about letting them have those moments which are going to pay off later and that they're going to earn. And it's also about appreciating the fact that what we are seeing is really unprecedented mm. and that um, comic book movies historically, certainly in the time when I was growing up, have been very, very underplayed and very small. And to be at this point where you're seeing Spider-Man riding a Pegasus and the giant man going across the battlefield, battlefield mm. and all these heroes straight out of like a, a comic book doing mm. all this crazy stuff. It's like, we're so lucky. And it is a wondrous sight. Like, mm. it, it is sort of crazy. It might be a trick that you can only do once. But... Um, I think it has to be. Like, there's a few instances of these you know, heroes being more superpowered than perhaps they should be. Yeah. And the movie puts a stop to that at the end of the movie. Yeah. So, you know, great Cap can lift me on here, but he can't anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, I mean, theoretically, sure, he probably could. But it's a very, um, th- this sounds cynical. I don't, I don't want it to be a criticism. I think it's just the reality of how these movies work. Like, it's very manipulative in, in a very successful way. Mm. I care about these characters and I feel what they're going through and I am genuinely moved by things that happen in this film mm. and I'm very pleased with some of the journeys. But at the mm. same time, 
there's this and it's a magic trick like i think the time travel everything is a magic trick and i mean that the workings the reason behind the trick are actually quite simple if you mm. heard them but there's so much misdirection and so much um, obfuscation mm. to draw your like they don't want you to question the time travel too much mm. and they create so many layers of time travel and so many different ways that it operates yeah that the moment the feeling the experience that you get just like in a magic trick is better than knowing why the trick yeah worked. and it, it, it's it's good that they straight off just go well this isn't like it is in the other movies the time travel works how the fuck we want it to work and it's um, still massively janky right like if oh, we started to, to think about it the, the the big one that stood out to me at the time and it still stood out to me today is that thor goes back to 2014 or whatever um 2013 and um takes mjolnir from that thor's time meaning that thor from that time that doesn't create a new timeline it's just Thor there now doesn't have Mjolnir. Yeah, or Loki disappears with Tesseract in 2012. But he's in the alternate timeline. But then he's still in Dark World when Thor goes back to Dark World. He's yeah. still sitting there in the cell as if yeah. all the events still happened. I think, yeah, I think, well, I mean, they're saying obviously there's different alternating timelines and the one that Thor went back to is the one that was still, but was then, still the one where his mum's going to die. look at the ending, like, which is a lovely ending with Captain America. Mm. But Bruce who is in that scene, is living a timeline where Peggy didn't meet up with Cap again and died in hospital. Mm -hmm. But Cap is there supposedly living a timeline where he went back to Peggy and they lived happily ever after. Mm -hmm. So what they're, they're living different timelines, but they're supposedly in the same timeline. Well, yeah. I sort of interpreted that as... Well, I, I didn't know whether, you know, Steve had stayed with her until she died or whether... They kind of got to a point, and he went, "I'm going to have to go back now." Yeah, I don't know. So, and I guess I they leave it ambiguous. And the and the point. I mean, is, it doesn't matter. No, really. no, they don't want. That's what I mean about a magic trick. They don't want you to think about that. Mm. They want you to enjoy mm. how that is a perfect cap to the end of Cap's story. Mm. You know that that's the point, and mm. they're not going to let the. I'm not even going to say science because it's not really science, mm. but they're not going to let that kind of nitpicking. Mm take away from giving us that finale of the character mm. um so yeah, I, 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 I respect that and i'm i can go along with that no yeah problem. i've got i've got to say i am i was pretty thrilled with that ending for cap i think we were driving the car on the way there and i said i reckon cap's gonna go back in time and spend that time with peggy yeah. and even as i was saying it i was like that's a little bit fanficy. that's what i want i don't think that's gonna happen and then that's what happened the movie is very fanficy, but mm. the, the other th way i think it's a magic trick is it's Everything that happens, even though we feel like it's an emotional, it's emotional and character driven, it's all one hundred percent business mm. driven. Mm. Like the shuffling of those characters is all because of either TV projects that are coming mm -hmm. up, movie projects that are coming up, mm -hmm. or actors no longer wanting to be under contract. Yeah. So you know, Loki disappears, but Loki's got his TV mm. series coming up, and mm. and Bucky and. Cap and um, Bucky and Winter Falcon. Soldier, yeah. Bucky, Bucky and, and Falcon. Falcon, and also Hawkeye are all set yeah. up to be in yeah. perfect positions for a Netflix yeah. series. Though um, Scarlet Witch and Vision have a series, that'll so. have to be a prequel, I guess. Yeah, but they've got a lot of time, and that's the other thing. Marvel bought themselves so much time mm -hmm. if they want to the use the lost it. years. There's five years of Widow or whatever 
going on adventures, um, Captain Marvel doing things mm. that's available. There's Cap's alternate life in the past, mm. which is available. Bucky, you know, like you think maybe Bucky would have liked to have gone back home instead of being a brainwashed soldier with no mm. anything. But no, again, mm. it's not character driven. It's mm. it's project driven. So yeah. he has to be back for his TV series. Mm. So there's those kinds of things in the same way that, you know, it was impossible to uh, reverse what happened to Black Widow, but at the same time, Gamora's back. Mm. So how much do we... Do they really care about Black Widow? You know what I mean? So there's all yeah, those things yeah. which you're could. not asked to think too hard about mm. because it's um, there is this big sort of corporate plan that's driving it all. Mm. Um, but the, to credit to the movies, they've done a very good job of making that all work and feel pretty organic, at least when you're in there the first. Yeah. I think I think the first, the first time is such an assault on... Uh, you know, you as a viewer and, you know, everyone has their favourites and they're concentrating more on the how their favourites are going to play out in this thing and the second time it's much more mellow. Like, I literally just came from the cinema watching it and I was so chill on the drive here. I was like, that was fine. It felt like... It felt like such a eulogy to the last decade. It was such... Even from the get-go, like, you see it so much more the second time that they're just... They're wrapping shit up from the first scene kind of thing. And and it's really... It's nice. Like, I... I know so many people on social media going, holy shit, I cried through this whole thing. I barely got misty. I got pretty fucking stressed at some points, but uh, I... I... I did not. Because... And that's the thing. Like... Again, not to be cynical, but you know too much how the machine works now. Yeah, I, I think, like... and I, I think that the only, the only thing, and I think the true fucking MVP of this movie, because the boy has like five fucking lines, and he rips people's hearts out with every single one of them. Tom Holland, he nails this fucking movie, and he's barely in it. I really like uh, Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. I think that um, you've been hearing from a lot of people this kind of Iron Man fatigue, and, mm. and I think it was a character that was sort of floating around a bit mm. now, and it was like, where do you go? Mm. I think um, whenever you put him as an actor with a kid, mm. you're, you're creating some magic and yep. you appreciate what you liked about him mm. in the first place. Yeah. And uh, I do think his scene when he goes is a, just a really nicely... Yeah. Played scene. Like, yeah. um, Especially I, the I characters that he's left with. Yeah. Uh, Rhodey and then um, Peter and then Pepper. And people, fuck it. Like our first audience, which was opening day, um, mm. huge cheers when Spider-Man returned. People love Tom Holland. Yeah, it's funny. Um, the first screening, people went mental when... Uh, I can't remember if something earlier happened, but obviously when Cat picked up the, the hammer, hammer yeah. and then Spider-Man returned, the screening today, but yeah, same with dead, me on the absolute second, dead silence. But, that, but that's a, a really interesting sign, though, that um, you are getting a broader audience that will mm. see this. You know, there are people that invested enough to come in and see this and want to know what it's all about, but mm. at the same time um, don't have that... Yeah, and not fan. and not everyone's seen you know every second of every movie. I went with some friends today, and we walked out, and they said, "Oh, I've got a question," and they said, "Why, why was it a big deal that Cap could pick up the hammer? Like, is he as guardian or something like that?" I said, "No, basically, he's just worthy." They hadn't seen Age of Ultron in that scene where he goes to pick up the hammer and it moves a bit. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's going to be lots of uh, <laughs> lots of questions from people kind of going. Well, that, that's the other thing about this movie, which makes it unlike any other movie mm. in 
when you think about mainstream blockbusters and what they're supposed to do and what studios want them to do, mm. which is usually a kind of dumbing down and very explanatory thing that everybody mm. knows. This movie is 100% indecipherable if you haven't. Absolutely, yeah. And I... even even if you have seen everything, you have to work at times. Like the, the Captain Marvel chronology even threw me for a little bit of a loop mm. because... One of the things I've been looking forward to this movie is the Avengers meeting Captain Marvel. Yeah. And then she shows up in this and she goes and stands around the house with them. She's very flat. She doesn't do anything. We know that this was filmed before. Mm. Actually, turns out it was filmed before the Captain Marvel script was even finished. Mm. And you go, why aren't they reacting to this person? Why don't they have questions? And then you realise it's all between movies. Mm. Because at the end of Captain Marvel, one, you have to have seen Captain Marvel. Two, you have to have... Watched the end, watched the mid-scene mid credit. Yeah, deleted uh, the credit scene mm. in which she they she responds to the pager and walks into the room. And you yeah. think, oh, I want to know what happens next. And it cuts. Yeah. And then in, we've got to assume that in between movies... She's gone out looking They've for gotten Tony. to know her. Yeah. They've said, Tony's out there. Can you go and save him? Mm. And then she goes out. And then when she brings him back... Everyone's like, oh, hey. Yeah, everyone knows her and they've already... <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. guess, really, and it, I think, it's, I think it's I economic can... because you yeah. think, what could she say to them? Mm. She'd basically describe the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Which she couldn't have done because they hadn't <laughs> written it yet. Yeah. So they, that's where we're at. Yeah, she would have just been like, well, you know, I'm an alien from space. And they'd be like, great. No yeah. problem. <laughs> We've met Thor. This is fine. So, yeah... Let's talk about, um, you talked about our favourite. Shall we go, I think when we spoke about the very first Avengers movie, we went character by character. There's too many characters in this film, but maybe we go... Through the mains? Through the uh, the A6. Okay. Well, um... Look, let's double up the first two, shall we? Let's talk we? about Black Widow and Hawkeye, because <laughs> yeah. I want to get that. So, yep. Hawkeye's your favourite, Black Widow's yep. my favourite. So you yep. can ima imagine the palpable tension. <laughs> I was, I'm like, no shit. Okay, I was sitting there in my chair. I was on my fucking, like, tippy toes. Like, my feet were so tense during that scene. When we're sitting next to each other, our two favourite characters <laughs> walk onto that cliff and we suddenly... No, I'm going to die for you. No, I'm going to die for you. And I'm just like, fuck. One of them isn't leaving this scene. Oh, fuck. That was yeah, rough. it was, that was fucking really tough. And, um... Just when I was, like... The bit where, like, even today, the bit where he slow-mo runs and he jumps over the edge, I had resigned myself. Yeah. I was like, this is it. I, you know, I'd expected him to die in um, Age of Ultron. They set it up the whole movie. Yeah. I'd been mentally preparing myself for Hawkeye to die for, like, what, you know, four years. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, he's fucked. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting to lose Black Widow, yeah. and then it happened. And it did. That shook me. Mm. And I think that actually coloured my experience through the rest of the movie. It did for me as well. Like, I was, like, really, like, quite on edge during that whole scene. I felt like and I'd then... lost something really important, just, yeah. like, really sort of callously. And I know it's a yeah. fictional character and all that sort of bullshit, but like, she doesn't get an action... Apart from that struggle with Hawkeye, she has mm. no action sequence in this film. Mm. She eats a sandwich. Yeah. And when all the women assemble at the end and, uh, and she's not there, mm. it was rough. Mm. And then watching it the second time when you realise all the little bits of foreshadowing, when they're all on the platform and it cuts to her and she goes, see you in five minutes, and smiles and then they all disappear and you mm. think, they're all going to come back and she's not there. Yeah. It's really rough, so... Mm. And there's the the bit... Actually, I, did, I didn't really notice it the second time. The first time I really noticed it, there's a scene where she's got like a... 
black shirt, turtlenecky sort of thing on, and she's had a, a Hawkeye necklace since Winter mm. Soldier, and it was really prominent, like really, really prominent sitting on the black. And I was like, that's interesting. I'm not going to think about that anymore. And then, obviously, you know, that, but, that scene happened. But um, I think what I realised is, I mean, one, it, it's a bit of a bittersweet because we know there's... She's got a solo movie, so mm. it's not the last time we've seen Black Widow. And mm-hmm. I think, actually, it'll boost a solo movie that people go, well, that character's mm. gone now. We want to go and see it. Yeah. What I realised, I mean, she's really done to herself what Harrison Ford wanted to do in Return of the Jedi, and that is that idea yeah. of taking out a character who is really at the end of their journey. Mm. And you look at her in this movie, and I really enjoy her performance. It's her best performance in an Avengers mm, movie. For sure. Um, and most emotional. But you realise that, that, as a character, she started off as this cool manipulative dark assassin Mm. person in fact you know even more so further back which we haven't seen and then you know she's kind of like on the fringes of the team Mm. and now she's like actually a very comfortable domesticated mellow i've got my feet up on everything which if you listen to ever listen to my podcast scar joa go go that is a trope within scarlet films that her feet go up on to -hmm. things Mm -hmm. so that shows how comfortable she is Mm. on that set because that's one of her little actor trademark things so really you go going forward if she was still there would she just be the happy mum of the team like Mm. you don't so the, the one thing we haven't seen is that really dark, cold assassin part of her, mm. and that's what she's got left to explore, and she can do that in yeah. the solo movie, yeah. and then that'll be it. And contextually, I really... For both of them, like, I watched the 2012 Avengers movie on Saturday after... Uh, sorry, not... Uh, Wednesday after seeing this one, and and it's funny to go back and, you know, she has guns and he has a bow and arrow, and moving forward when we've got space gods and aliens and and super-powered... Captain Marvel is a nuke, basically. Where are they going? I felt that even before knowing she was going to die, of course, when they were on the the spaceship heading Mm. out to find Thanos. Mm. Only because you've got Captain Marvel sitting in there with her, and Mm. you think one of these people is going to be far more useful against Thanos. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Black Widow conveniently has not had to get punched by Thanos mm. uh, in the the movie. So, mm. and look, and I do have um, Brie Larson, we'll talk about her afterwards, but Hawkeye, uh, and especially in the Ronan thing, that is the coolest we've ever seen him. Yeah, for sure. He's He's got to... Uh... I mean, this movie is the most that he's ever had to do yeah. in an Avengers movie, really, which was, which was nice. Um... There, there's something... Because he's always got that sort of um, callous kind of detached, I don't give a fuck about any of mm. this either in the film or in real life. Mm. Um, but that worked actually really well. Like, when you see him in that red tunnel and he Batman's grapples up and cuts the guys in half mm. and he's just this sort of harried, like, yeah. oh, fuck, i got to deal with this stuff and, and just doing it in the most pragmatic way possible. Yeah, and, I mean, you see the... You know, the the movie starts off with him, with the family, and he's happy, 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 smile, smile, smile. They disappear and the... Boom. It Like, it's very obvious. His face just goes, boom, straight in, and then it doesn't come out for the rest of the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he really plays that. But then I think as a character as well, I, I, as I said, I'm, I'm really drinking in all the details. He's got a hand-painted American flag on a piece of corrugated iron mm. outside his house. I mean, um, Steve, where's the flag? His living you know? room. Yeah, but then his living room's filled with things like framed pictures of butterflies and stuff yeah. like uh, I mean he has kids maybe he's maybe that's what his daughter's into maybe he's kid no maybe I reckon, it's, kid the, I reckon it's his wife but I, I just think 
in a way, he'd be better off with a dead family, just roaming around, cutting people up with a katana. Because oh, he's, for sure. Because his, was... his home life and all that sort of stuff. And fuck that. Like, it's so um, just broad Americana from the flag to the baseball Yeah, mitts, the baseball glove, yeah. Playing I... catch with my kid. When they were... Um... You know, when they obviously announced this TV series and uh, I think it's been confirmed that it's like, um, you know, Kate Bishop and all that sort of stuff, I was like, oh, my God, please, please leave the family dead. Let him move into that shitty apartment block uh, with Kate. Pizza dog. With pizza dog. And then, you know, Natasha comes and visits sometimes to tell him off and tell him to, you know, clean his bathroom and... And just stuff like that. But then they came back and I was like, oh, yeah. well, I guess he's happy. No one else yeah, is. <laughs> it's a really weird balance yeah. between the, the work life and the private life. Yeah. And I think that the, in some ways the sort of domesticity smallness, I guess, will suit the TV show a little bit. But I don't want to watch that Hawkeye, really. I don't want to watch Dad Hawkeye. Well, no idea what it's going to be, so yeah. I guess... I mean, but they're setting up a Kate Bishop I'm interested in. Mm. Um, unless, we, again, unless it's in the Lost Years, and he is... Shall we continue? Badass. We touched on uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, and I do think it's a, it's a nice final performance for him. It makes mm. it, it really strong. I, I think we'll definitely uh, get to see this kid as Iron Man, Iron Man or whatever. Something. Something. Iron something. In the future. Mm. Um, so that's a, a seed that's been planted. I think it's great that uh, Pepper can go from um, composting mm. to, uh, we call it compost here, mm. but composting is interesting too, yeah. um, I, to uh, flying around uh, fighting everybody. Yeah, I must admit that the second viewing I was like, where the fuck did Pepper come from? And then it's like, well, she needed to be there for that final moment. So I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I don't care how Pepper got there. yeah. Like, she just appears, and I'm like, oh, what, did, did Stephen Strange call her? Do they know each other? What's going on here? And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't care. Again, just... Like, like who cares? The, the, the cheer of everyone going, yeah, fuck yeah, Pepper's in the rescue suit. And it's like, how did Pepper get the... Who fucking cares how Pepper got the rescue suit? And the you movie, know. yeah, and that, that's the movie's currency, really, yeah. is... Um, are you enjoying this moment? Good. Well, yeah, don't great. Think don't think about it. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Cap. We talked about a bit mm. as well. I think that um, he... Uh, he probably had nowhere else to go anymore either. Oh, really. no. You know, we're talking no. about stories that have kind of played out where he's he's had all his um, internal struggles and... Mm. Yeah, I mean, as much as obviously I like Chris Evans in these movies as a character, it's pretty it's pretty done. He's I, uh, more jokey. Yeah, Cap swore a lot in this yeah. movie. Like, he said shit. And all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's... Motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Cunt bag. Cunt face, I yeah. think he called Thanos at yeah. one point. That was that was really out of character. I'm kick your digging, cunt face! Yeah, and there was... Uh, oh, I mean, I don't even have to... We're doing completely spoiler. I still feel like I want to censor myself on things that I say. There was some weird... Uh, the first time around, some of the jokes felt a bit tonally weird. The second time, because I was expecting them, it wasn't as bad. Well, but, like, it's broad and it's it's quite camp. Yeah, I think that I think that my, and again, it's not an issue because it's not what the movie was trying to do at all. But I think many of the jokes weren't really that funny. 
Like, compared to some of the jokes in, even Infinity War, like, I saw a clip this morning of, you know, Thor comes in and says to Cap, oh, I see you've copied my beard. Like, that's funny, because that's character, you know, specific character jokes, and this is just like, hey, Captain America, how about your butt? And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which, look, again, I don't, you know, it's a a tiny gripe, but... It's broad. Yeah, I just don't think it's as... uh, it's as funny as the previous movies, which is fine. It's not trying to be funny. It's a pretty bleak movie overall. Yeah. Um, but I think with the... Obviously, the passing on of the the shield, they've very much made the right call. Yes, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there was ever really a question there. Obviously, both Bucky and um, Falcon have been Captain America at various points. In the comics. But I think as far as, you know, Anthony Mackie's charisma and how they've set the character up, like, that's that's it. And it's a cooler costume. If you look at the comics version of the Cap Falcon, mm. it's really cool. Yeah. And uh, I think in a... In and I think Bucky's better suited to sidekick. Oh, well, look, I mean, fuck me. It's 2019. Trump's in the White House. Mm. I want Anthony Mackie to be the representative of America, not mm. a miserable white guy. Mm. He looks like Grumpy Cat. Mm. Like, they're, they're, yeah. So, it is the right choice. So, oh, yeah, yeah sure. the, the fact that we got that in this movie and we got to find out yeah. where that might be going or where that is going. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting was cool. them to do that yeah. in, in the film. I thought that, uh, you know, I mean, it was 50-50. Either Tony or Steve were going to die. And if Steve had died, then I assumed that the TV series would be a kind of working out of that you know, Sam would come to it himself kind of thing. But I think this is better. This is sort of like, you know, this is yours now. Just just run with it. We move on to Thor. I think mm. one of the greatest things Marvel really did for its fans was give them a Thor that they could cosplay. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of the dude fat Thors at conventions. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we were both, I know when we talked about it in the car afterwards, um, surprised that they're willingness to let him be the fat Thor the entire movie. Yeah, I've got to say that it's my least favourite part of the movie. And not because, you know, not of because... Of Korg? The... <laughs> yeah. The, I... the fan service of Korg. There. Yeah, there's just, there's so much with that. Like, it almost, like, I really like Thor and I think that they've really let Chris Hemsworth shine in the last few movies. And... This, it just felt like, hey, guys, isn't it funny that Thor's fat? I'm like, oh, not really. And then, you know, the the bit where they're trying to work out where all the stones are and he's sitting in the corner and like, is he asleep? No, I think he's dead. And it's like, fuck, how is... Like, it's not even that funny. It's not helpful to the movie. And it's just annoying the shit out of me. I feel like there's this sort of... Um... I feel like they could have got the same idea across by just having him there, having the video games, beer bottles, the big beard, the the hair, and then that's something that he can fix as such. Like, I really liked in the final battle where the lightning came down and then he got full Nordic braids and shit. I was like, oh, this is great. And then at the end, suddenly the, the braids are gone and he's just back to schlob. And I'm like, uh... I, I, like, I like the choice, but I think that um, they... They don't rein it in much, mm. and I feel like it's just such a novelty for them. Like, you can just imagine the filmmakers, the vibe on set, everybody's just enjoying the fuck out of fat Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Like, they're just having so much fun with it that I think there are sequences which they let go longer than they needed to be. Mm. Like, an example for that, and I felt it both times watching it, is um, at the end when Thor's on the ship with 
Quill. Yeah. And they're having that exchange about the captaincy. Mm. And you get it, you laugh. The It's sort of really the highlight is the knife bit and then them mm. saying, oh, no, we don't need to do that. But mm. then it keeps going just mm. for another couple of exchanges. But, but again, that's the... That's those two actors can play off each other, and that's the strength of, of that moment. It's not me like, this is funny because of Thor's appearance. It's funny because of their, you know, their delivery. So When we saw it, there was a, we were sitting in a block of three, so oh, we had a stranger, yeah. a kid next yeah. to us, and when um, it showed that they were playing Fortnite... God, I don't, I don't know if it was a good It was or, Christmas. Uh, well, I don't know if it was a good or bad thing. He was just like, oh my... This is a kid by himself. Oh, my God! Oh! And he's covering his mouth and his face and he mm. he shat out a kitten yeah. and the kitten rolled around on the floor and then he did a handstand yeah. and he was just, yeah. he was just uh, having this um, crazy reaction, which is funny. We talk about audience reactions and how, you know, that flattening of not cheering at Thor's yeah. hammer compared to... Well, we didn't cheer at Thor's Hammer. I did on the inside. Yeah. I was like, oh, this yeah. is fucking great, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to vocalise it. No. Because uh, uh, just, that's just not me. Yeah. Um, Whereas this kid was not afraid to just be like, oh, my God, Fortnite, I don't believe it. Oh, my goody goodness. Yeah. I can't believe this popular <laughs> thing is on the big screen in front of me. The first time I saw that scene, it infuriated me. <laughs> the second time I was much more mellow about it, but... Fuck, like, I am very much on record as being pretty anti-Korg. I think that Korg is a very lazy joke. And then they take the lazy joke and go, but what if Korg played Fortnite? And I was like, ah! This is so specifically enraging. But and, again, and, and, yeah, and I think as well it's a shame. It's like, I'm going to yell at some kid on the internet. Oh, fuck. Because we love, fuck. um, yeah, and that thing he says about up your butts is so yeah. awkward. <laughs> um... I wish they'd let him go more Australian uh, with his insults there because mm. it's pretty lame. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's weird because we love Tyker. Yeah. Um, and Tyker, I think, when he decides to be Korg in the first place, is really looking at it from that perspective. This isn't a voice that you hear in, like, these blockbuster movies. Mm. You know, and he said, I love the idea that this guy was, like, this big Mary bouncer. Mm. Um, and But then I feel like now that it's a thing and a joke... It's there's almost this condescending, just kind of um, giggling at difference. Mm. You know, just the fact that he says "hi, mate" or whatever in that voice, you go, oh, "Yeah." Uh, okay, Thor. So there's some guy being on the TV being a dickhead. Uh, yeah, you're it's like, like oh, what, a, "What a funny, funny, strange world." Yeah, and then New people Zealand are going to do uh, like, and I mean, look. To be fair, when I make fun of New Zealand, I use that voice. Yeah, but as an Australian, I feel I'm allowed to, and uh, I would hate. I'd like. I would hate for Americans to suddenly be, like, doing that voice, making fun of Kiwis. I'm like, no, they're ours to make fun of. You yeah. sit the fuck down. Saw them first. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they invaded our country first. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's just it's like a little bit of a condescending thing. I don't mm. know. We knew he was going to show up. I enjoyed seeing um, Tessa Thompson again. Even oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for as sure. As well, that was good. Um, we knew they were around the corner. Yeah. Um, Thor, who's left? And man Paul Rudd's just great. He's got some of the funniest stuff. In the film. Yeah, he's he's really good. The scene that I really liked the first time and enjoyed it, like watched it more closely the second time, is the the peanut butter sandwich scene is, you know, Black Widow makes yeah. the, the sandwich and she's sad and Cap's talking to her and stuff and she takes a bite of the sandwich. It cuts away to, like, uh, no, she's talking to War Machine. Um, it cuts away, comes back, and she's chewing and then she talks. 
And you're like, oh, okay, fair enough. So she's had time in between perhaps those cuts to chew and eat. And then scene goes on, Cap comes in, then Ant-Man comes in, and Paul Rudd just grabs that sandwich, hunk, then delivers his line with a mouthful of peanut butter sandwich. I'm like, that's a fucking professional. No, yeah, yeah. That man is yeah. a professional. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, I, I really enjoyed that. I and I think that that must be like some... It's probably just like an actor joke thing. Like, it's an actor-to-actor thing where other actors would kind of watch that and go, oh, shit, that's, that's a tough thing to do, like, to have a mouthful of peanut butter and to still be delivering those lines. Yeah, he understands, like, comedy business. Mm. And I think about getting the most out of mm. some, not much. Because he's always best when he's used sparingly. And, mm. and you have that feeling that he's bringing a lot of his own personality and hmm. um, I, I'd be surprised if there's not multiple takes where he gets to try things out because um, he always makes it work and I think when you say that it's not massively um, funny this time around is probably because you don't have those people on set that are especially funny and you need that in mm. whether it's even like James Gunn because mm. you look at Infinity War that first Guardian scene has some very funny dialogue mm. which feel, I don't know if James Gunn wrote that bit or not but it feels like he did all the pirate angel and all mm. that stuff mm. um, is really strong whereas yeah. um, I don't think you have as much of that mm. um, Hulk's fun yeah Hulk was another thing that kind of sat with me a little bit funny at first but I just you just get used to it as the movie goes on it's like well I mean that's a choice it's not a choice that I would have made but look it's a choice and we'll run with it and it's fine again it, it's one of those things where where else do you take the character mm. and I think that really is highlighted like I think if there's a, a moment where you know if you haven't already appreciated um, Smart Hulk and I do really love the kids getting the photograph sequence mm. But when you see him juxtaposed with the regular Angry Hulk in 2012, and, like, when he's doing that I hate stairs stuff and mm. everything like that, you go, well, do we really need to mm. see that version again? Mm. I mean, again, it's it's sort of a dead end for that character. Yeah. Um, who have we forgotten? Captain Marvel. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that... I think there'll be a lot of people coming out of Captain Marvel and going into this film and then being a bit disappointed. Not because of whether she was good or bad or whatever, just because she was not there yeah. for, for a large stretch of it. And uh, it's funny because she's sort of there at the start and then she's like, yeah, I'm not going to see you guys for a long time. And everyone goes, what? <laughs> yeah, it really is a line that says, audience, you need to readjust your expectations yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Which, which was which was kind of good because I almost forgot about her by the time that it gets to the end and then she just comes in as a fucking wrecking ball in that last moment and, and then the you're like, bit. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. And she's awesome in that. And I fucking love her hair. She looks so cool with the short hair. Yeah, even today, like at the funeral scene when oh, the camera pans across yeah. her and I was like, oh, my God, I'm having, like, feelings that I just, like... No, she looks like, so hot. In those like, hot damn! And it's so frustrating that there's no like merchandise or even photos of her because yeah. of the secrecy thing. Mm. That'll all happen. In later. the art of Captain Marvel book, they've got a lot of her with the short yeah. hair because obviously they work, you know, workshop that back Which is then. But funny because that's exactly what I wanted when yeah. I was waiting for the Captain Marvel reveal, and of yeah. course we didn't get it. Mm. And then when you saw the Endgame stuff and she had the long hair I was like yeah. oh well they've gone even further the other direction yeah. so when she turns up in that hologram I was like thank you <laughs> this is this is the Captain Marvel I want she looks yeah. uh, she looks so cool and yeah. that bit where Thanos like headbutts her and she just she doesn't, move. doesn't even flinch and just yeah. keeps glaring at him so nice 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed her. And then everyone else was kind of dressing, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I think that... Oh, well, um, they've been on Feral War Machines through, throughout. Oh, yeah. But and, and he's solid. Poor, poor War Machine. He always gets pushed aside. But I do... I do... Um, I enjoy his contributions, but I, I, he's, he's not in my top. He's put in an expositionary role a lot of the time yeah. or to listen to people's feelings or to give some advice. Or... Yeah. And I was sort of questioning a little bit on this viewing. Again, a thing that doesn't matter and the movie doesn't want you to think about too much. Um, after the Avengers building gets demolished and he's under all the rubble and he has to get out of his suit because it's damaged... Then he comes up and he's wearing like, like this super duper ultimate like war machine suit, and I'm like, mm, I guess it was under the rubble somewhere. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just not going to think about and that. Again, it's, it's fine. It's all that sleight of hand. Like the movie wants Thor, Cap, and Iron Man to have yeah. their moment. Yeah. So yeah. everybody else gets swept under the yeah and the compound thing- <laughs> for a bit. Well, even that whole compound thing. When you think that. Like, you know, Black Widow falls 100 metres and dies. Mm. And then uh, everyone else gets blown up and falls underground and gets a whole bunch of rubble and they're fine. Yeah, I thought in that scene, I was like, okay, Ant-Man's dead, Hawkeye's human, he cannot have survived this. And then they're just like, oh, no, we're we're fine. Yeah. We're going to lift this fucking concrete plank off ourselves and just go and run around. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that's fine. Yeah. No, I had that second as well when Ant-Man yeah. takes that yeah. Um, missile, I was like, we've just been red-wedding. Yeah. Like, that that's the twist. Mm. They're like, we're going to think it's all going to play out slowly, yeah. and they're just going to fuck everyone off. Which, funny you mentioned red-wedding, because I think that um, the reason that maybe I wasn't I wasn't particularly emotional or shocked by a lot of the things that happened in it, because I guess we're so used to getting Game of thrones that I was expecting maybe even more people to get oh, ganked. Yeah. And, I mean, and it actually, when it gets to the end of it, I'm kind of like, oh, fuck, relieved that that's, it. that's all, you yeah. know? Well, you look at this thing. Like, you, you look at what this meant, like the end of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. this movie which, when combined, is like, what, five and a half hours or whatever, mm. um, if you can combine Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. And at the end of it, we've got two characters dead and one retired. Mm. Out of 30-odd? Mm. Like the, it actually has very little effect, apart yeah. from shuffling everyone into their TV series. So. Yeah, yeah. Which, which again, at first I was really questioning, fuck, why didn't I have the reaction to this that yeah. everybody else seemed to be having? And I was like, well, I just... The stakes... You know, like, obviously Game of Thrones coming up. There's a very big episode coming up where a lot of people are going to die. And I feel like mentally I was kind of in that headspace. Yeah. And I think when I came out of this and, like... All of my boys are fine and happy, and I yeah. was not expecting that to happen. I'm like, oh, I feel weird about this. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, it very wasn't sad about Black. Widow. It wasn't as yeah. Look, I was I was sad. I I really loved that scene because there's just that I don't know. There's there's never been that real acknowledgement of their relationship. Like they've had this friendship just forged in blood. Like it is so strong beyond any of the others. Like, this is beyond Stephen Bucky. This is just... And just to have that implied... Well, they love each other because this doesn't work unless they love each other so much to the point where they're not even questioning who loves each other more. Like, they love each other and that's why this works. I'm like, fuck, that's really nice. 
Like, that was a nice scene and a nice moment. I enjoyed that a lot. But did you feel the second time, because I did, mm. when um, they're planning yes. the heist and they're lying on tables and things. Yeah. And she's doing all of it and just jotting down stuff on a notebook. Mm-hmm. I was like, you needed to research this stone a little bit more. Yeah, because Nebula would have known. Yeah. Nebula knew. Yeah. She even says that Thanos killed her sister there when, and, and while Black Widow's taking notes. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to see the notes. Because I've got a feeling they're pictures of kittens or something. Yeah, because I thought, I, I don't... I don't I, Unless she, I, knew, unless she knew, unless she knew exactly what they were getting planned. into, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she, maybe she did, but it's a weird thing to make audiences assume that. Like, but that's this movie is full of that. There are yeah. so many things that, and Star Wars, and because even as well. I guess even in that scene, like she's pretty chill in that moment. He's the one pacing around, kind of going, "Oh well, this is all bullshit and whatever," and she's like, "No." This yeah. is this is what it is, and I'm like, oh. Fuck. No, I think she knows. Yeah, she has to know, mm. or otherwise she's really bad at a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, secretary Natasha. Yeah, yeah. So, but then you you felt the second time as well, like Bucky knew exactly what Cap was going to do. Yeah, because he gives him the hug and he's like, I'm going to miss you, pal, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and of everyone's stuff. like, what's the big deal, Buck? And he's like, mm. and Hawk's like, <laughs> he's going to be back in like five, five seconds, seconds <laughs> and he gives him that pig. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the fact that he, he doesn't go up and go, hey, old man, he knows it's what that old man is. He's just mm. like, get over there, pal, and mm. pick up your shield. Mm. Yeah. You got a very um, Robert Redford-y vibe, I thought, Cap, when his performance as an old man. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah it, was, uh, it was good. I think his... Um, I love when he says it isn't. His old face uh, CGI was much better than Hayley Atwell's old face CGI. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And Hayley Atwell got to be in the last shot of the film. Yeah. Bless her, yeah. cotton sucks. You, when, when we watched it the first time, Luke had to go to the toilet through poor planning. Oh, tell everyone! Know. And it was that first scene. Like, to be fair, in the big scheme of things, it was the best possible place you could have gone to the toilet. However... I stand by it, but I should have gone. Now, if I'd known, I would have gone... I still think that's... People are talking a lot on the internet about where to pee. Yeah. I still think it's that sequence not not the bit that i went in but it's probably tony but his father actually yeah oh that's another gripe but we'll get back to that um that i I think that was the best scene Uh, people are saying that the san francisco bit where ant-man comes back and i'm like that's like 10 minutes into the fucking movie if you can't hold your blood for 10 minutes you've got to prepare more for you have a condition um then Peggy appears, and I'm sitting there thinking, fuck, 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 oh no, Luke's gone to the toilet and Peggy's here, and what if this is the only time that Peggy's in this fucking movie? What a disaster. I was, I was at that point where I knew I had to wait, and I thought, I once the third act starts, and mm. I know it's going to be an hour, mm. I can't leave during mm-hmm. that. So it's getting to that point where it's now whenever, and, yeah. and, and I'm realising that because there's so many characters, you're always popping over to something else. Yep. So when Cap's like, I'm going to go get them pin particles, mm. and you see the pin particles, I'm like... I'm going to release some pee particles while he goes and gets <laughs> yeah. the, them pin particles because yeah. that's not exciting. Mm. Um, yeah. I think... And the- I also was thinking... I knew that this was a place where Peggy could be, mm. but I was also... was kind of assuming that if anyone ran into her, it would be a very... Kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, and I got to see that scene, obviously, the second yeah. time when yeah. I did not pee once. Congratulations. Uh, but, yeah, I still think um, I, I would do it the same except just, like... Two minutes later, straight after Peggy, I would go. Yeah, yeah. During the lift ride. 
Yes. With, yeah, that's that's your spot. Yeah. Um, I think the stuff with Tony's dad, I think the biggest... I don't even want to necessarily call it a mistake, but the biggest kind of disconnect for me in the Marvel movies is Tony's dad, basically. Like, obviously in um, Captain America, the first Avenger, played by Dominic Cooper, uh, he is also in the um, Agent Carter TV series. Mm. But then there's this other guy who plays him as an older sort of man. and well, He's definitely just, a man. Yes. Um, but they sort of pick and choose their, you know, their time periods as to who they're yeah. going to have in there. And it's like, I just, I just want Dominic Cooper. They hit a happy medium by putting in um, James Darcy, who plays Jarvis in the Agent Carter TV series with Dominic Cooper, which I loved. And I was very, very excited to see him there. So I'm the first TV character to make it onto the big yeah, screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was very, um, very fun, but... Ugh, ugh, like I just, I just want, I just want. Um, it's hard to reconcile Stark the difference and, yeah. between the two characters. Yeah. But again, as I said to you, and I, I don't know if there's a reference in the film somewhere to that kind of Back to the Future Lorraine sort of deal, where mm. it's someone who is seen as a conservative, difficult parent, mm. but then at, when they go back and see their past, they're mm. actually a wild, um, yep. crazy person. Mm. Then I accept that, but it still feels like. Yeah, could Dominic Cooper just age up for that? But it was yeah. because of a decision they made really early on. Yeah. You know, it's a decision they made eight or whatever years ago, and then they're honouring. I mean, the fact that they got the people back that they did, yeah. you know, to even... To just have to Michelle get, Pfeiffer back for one second. Yeah, but to get, like, like um, <laughs> you know, Sitwell and Frank Grillo and everyone to come in and oh, recreate yeah. the... Jurassic. Jurassic, to Fuck, come in man. and recreate the elevator yeah. sequence. Yeah, and it's so funny, like, in hindsight, to watch, to just look, you see them come out of the elevator, everyone goes, oh, and then it's like, we didn't know then, you know, yeah. like, they were fine back then. And it's funny, because, um, you know, I said I watched the, the 2012 movie after watching this one, and watching again today, in the big battle of New York, when that big space whale comes down, just the one big space mm. whale, and it's like this huge fucking thing, like, they don't know how to kill this thing, and... Yeah. And then in this one, you just see Ant-Man just punch it in the face. And I'm just like, yes! <laughs> you punched that space whale, space oh, really? whale guy. <laughs> what I liked about the revisit of the 2012 is, you know, when Tony looks in on the tower and you mm. see them, um, you know, in Tony vision. Mm. And you know from their poses with Hawkeye kneeling at the front mm. what scene it is, that mm. very end bit. And that's such a... Um, Joss Whedon-y scene, that aspect where a character says a one-liner and then we cut. Mm. And it's so fun to see that scene extended after the one-liner, yeah. which is... And the one-liner feels so lame. Like, it felt lame anyway, but from mm. the other angle, to have Loki going, well, maybe I will have that drink, and then them all going, uh, uh, all right, well, let's stop posing <laughs> and let's get on with this. Yeah, then the the 2012 movie feels goofy as fuck now, but it was still really fun. Like, I, yeah. it's it's my favourite Avengers movie, very well, much well, so. Well, maybe that's something to sort of say to people, is that, you know, even though we've gone all over the shop on this film and we've, we've praised things and sort of laughed at some things mm. and, and all that... Uh, I came out of it really conflicted. I just didn't know what I felt. Um, yeah. And I, I put down four stars, and I didn't know if that was right or not. Mm. And then after I thought about that Game of Thrones stuff that I was saying and about mm. really appreciating what we've got and what it's done mm. and what an accomplishment and how going in the second time I realised that um, 
even when it's like a bit camp or cringy or, or whatever, I'm still having a great time. Mm. I, I gave it five because it's for me five stars isn't about um, you know is this one of the best movies ever ever made? It's about me going well. I've got five slots to five tiers to put these movies in, mm. and, and this movie is in that tier. This is one of those movies that is an event. It's something mm. I'll watch many many times. It's something we'll talk about and speculate about mm. and and. and it really did its job, and it, it did it very well, considering, um, you know, th- this is a historic set of movies. Yeah. I think I, I gave it four, and I will, I'll be leaving it at four. I think that as far as a, a cultural st- touchstone, it's very important, but I, like, this isn't really a movie I'm just going to throw on as background noise as things that I enjoy. Like, watching the 2012, like, there are so many, like, unbelievably iconic things in that movie, you know, like the helicarrier coming out and, you know, Loki coming through that portal for the first time and the opera, the fight outside the opera but and stuff happens. like that. But that happens. This will feel the same. And, and that's something we've seen happen with Star Wars and things mm. like that. When they first come out, you don't know what they are. Mm. And you and you want them to sort of... They're supposed to be these big events that change things for you. Mm. And then two days later, you're thinking about them and you're going, well, it was just a movie. And, mm. you know, you're not... Your life hasn't changed, but later on you look at something and you go, "Oh, that's really iconic." Mm. Like that—that's you know. I look at shots from *Phantom Menace* now of um, Amidala and stuff, and appreciate them in ways that I didn't yeah. initially. And I, I saw a picture just the other day came up on Pinterest. It was, and I had to double take as to go, "Oh, that's from *Force Awakens*," and mm. it was Poe in a cockpit in his brown jacket, mm. and it just looked like a really iconic, almost like one of those seventies mm. images. And I was like, "Yeah, this stuff." That, that will happen. Mm, yeah. I hope it does, because I found even today, like, there wasn't, like, those big scenes that I was really looking forward to. It was like, it kind of started, and then you get over that five years later thing, and then it's like, all right, I just want to get to that cliff face. And everything before that was just kind of like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And so I was looking forward to cliff face, and then um, final battle, really. There wasn't a lot in between that I was really psyched to see. What what keeps me going when I see these big films multiple times, the same with Star Wars, is, you know, being, seeing it with someone else who hasn't seen it mm. and, and seeing it through their eyes. Mm. So although, you know, I was waiting for that big stuff, I was watching it with Suzanne the second time and, and I was really sort of excited to go, well, how's she going to react to Fat Thor? How's she going to, mm. you know, just knowing that there, these things were going to happen, but also knowing that we were leading to something that was really quite mm. spectacular. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, that was the biggest shock for me the first time is that it's pretty low on action until mm. the, the, the final act, whereas... Mm. It's, not a, it's not a big, huge superhero-y movie, I don't Whereas Infinity War was. Infinity yeah. War is just set piece after set piece. Yeah, and I've seen uh, quite a few people say, oh, actually, I think I really liked Infinity War more, which is valid and fine. Like, I think that I came out of Infinity War just like, oh, I'm devastated, but I'm pumped, but I'm devastated, but I'm pumped. And this, mm. it was just kind of like, oh, fuck, okay. Like, well, I, like, And again, obviously, like, any negative things we say, we still really enjoyed the fuck out of this movie, but it's just you kind of walk out going, oh, God, well, what, well, the, what now? It, it ultimately... You know how a second act is usually the contemplative mm. sort of, you know, everybody comes to terms with stuff mm. before the big finale? Uh, uh, you know, really, Infinity War is the first act, the first two hours of this film mm. are the second act, and then mm. the our last hour of this film is the mm. third act in terms of that big story and, and what it does, because mm. there's a certain... Um, pace and energy to Infinity War, which it kind of maintains 
all the way through. Mm. Um, and it really is just about this big quest for stones. It's funny because I know that the um, even before we saw Infinity War, the Russo brothers had said that um, what they were doing, that it was going to be like a heist movie, a heist to get the stones. Mm. And I remember watching Infinity War thinking, oh, it doesn't really feel like a heist movie. Mm. Uh, and then we got, <laughs> it was like, oh, this is what they were talking about. Yeah. Here it is. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. Anything else to add? Any... I'm sure I will think of something after we finish recording. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just... I just want to know when the... You know, when the kind of self-imposed Twitter embargo is off. Because I want to make jokes. I want to post memes. I want to, yeah. like... You know, every like, I've typed and deleted so many tweets that I just go, fuck, I can't say anything. Because even if I kind of say, oh, well, you know, like... Oh, man, you know, I... I got out of that okay because people who know me and know what characters yeah. I'm aligned to are going to know yeah, can't. I can't I can't do it. Um, but we can do this. We can do the this. The other thing is um, Homecoming has been I mean not Far From Home Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home is, was uh, I think we were lied to that it was a prequel. Hmm. Um, I don't think it just wasn't clear where it was. I, I don't. Did we get told? I I thought we just weren't clear where. I it thought was, that was, was the happening. the story to sort of justify how it could exist when Spider Man was yeah. supposedly dead, even yeah. though everybody knows that yeah. franchises don't work that way. Yeah. Um, and it's been said to be the real end to Phase Three. Yeah. And um, there is that poster with him looking sad, looking at a photo of uh, Tony and him on his phone, mm-hmm. which would suggest that it's after the events of this. Mm-hmm. So that felt weird and convenient that I guess Peter Parker and all of his friends, like Ned and Betty Brandt and everyone, mm. all died mm. in Thanos' click because none of them are five years older. Yeah, I did see someone say, so how does that work then? Like all the kids that, you know disappeared there they just come back into the grade that they were in and just keep doing high school even though kids younger than them are now like older than them and so i guess i guess i guess so my i mean they might address that in the film we will we get mm. to find out mm. but uh it's all just so convenient yeah. to set up what they need that's what i mean like the, mm. the whole hand that's guiding all the decisions which is a shame like i kind of so wish, commercial. i kind of wish i didn't know any of this shit you know, yeah. like, I think it would be so much nicer just to not know any of their future plans. And, I mean, they've kept, obviously, their, their movie slate fairly but under still, wraps. But even when we found out, you would still see it. Yeah. You know, you would still see that, oh, well, everything that happened there was just because, Yeah. you know, they're not artistic mm. decisions strictly. Yeah, yeah. It's not like going, what's the most shocking thing we could do in this one movie mm. now? Or, or what, what could we do with this character? It's like, mm. well, what could we do but... Bearing in mind this character needs to be in a TV series next mm. year. You can, know. can we wring a bit more cash out of this guy? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, someone said to me, what do you, you know, what do you think will happen to in, in Endgame? And, um, yeah, the answer was that well, every character with a viable franchise will survive yeah. unless they're too old. Yeah. That's not what she meant. That was me being... <laughs> uh, <laughs> being pretty facetious but mm. uh you know that that's the reality and it's the um mm. the same goes for everything yeah going forward yeah i think um, and same goes with game of thrones yeah yeah i mean obviously we'll talk about that a, a little bit later but um uh, yeah i found that um and again it's because of talking about it a lot and reading a lot of theories and stuff i felt like there wasn't the only thing in the movie that really surprised me was the Black Widow Hawkeye scene. Yeah, Everything same, else same. I thought 
was pretty reasonable thing to have happened, something that I hoped could happen. Um, and oh, and so, that surprised me. Yeah, yeah, it, that did surprise me, but it only surprised me because why would they do that? Um, so that was a little bit of... I, I kind of expected them to have... Well, I say I kind of expected them to pull another cat out of the bag, but then I already probably knew too much going in. I knew all the time travel stuff was was how they did the, the stuff, and so I don't know. I, don't I think know. everything's always simpler than you think it's going to yeah, be. Fan theories always yeah. go wild, and it and always that's turns a, and out Again, to be... that's the Game of Thrones syndrome. Like, you expect there to be this fucking massive twist, and not every property is Game of Thrones, and are going to Game of Thrones to you. And even Game of Thrones at this point in time, and I think it's time we do swap, swap over to Game of Thrones, mm. um, can't do a massive, massive twist, because things have to have been seeded, you know. Mm. It has to have been justified by what's happened beforehand, mm. and it's very difficult uh, for it to do that. Um, we've got the sliding door open, and I don't know if you can hear. Uh, last time, I, there was some noise out there. Mm. People said, yeah, it was really loud. Something like hedge stuff or something. Yeah. Sounds like a saw. Saw? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about Game of Thrones? Let's talk about Game episode of Thrones. Episode two. Yes. A bottle episode, almost? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, um... Like, there's been... Uh, it was people obviously complaining about episode one. It was too slow and there's no action. Mm. And, of course, people, again, complained about episode two, which is ridiculous because I loved episode two. Um, and the thing I love about uh, Game of Thrones isn't the dragons. It isn't the chopping heads off. It isn't the violence. I just it's love... Torment. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty well, much. He personifies what you like about it. Yeah. He... Um, it's just... It's people sitting around talking to each other and because these characters are so worn in that you know I like seeing these different perspective of characters that we've spent so much time with mm. that they're suddenly coming together and just being like well how have you been you know and it and it's uh, the first episode was that catch up episode but the this one's more the reflection episode where they reflect on everything that's happened and where how, where they've um, come from and and the fact that they might not be around much longer yeah uh, I mean obviously the scene at the fireplace was the the standout yeah in this episode I think I really enjoyed all those um, all yeah. those performances and Daenerys found out the uh, bombshell about John mm. and uh, Arya bounced around on Gendry's knob she sure did. Yeah, that was... Uh, so if he takes the Iron Throne, you know, maybe she can join yeah, him. I don't think. I think uh, many years ago, I think people's assumption was that the heir of Robert Baratheon would take the Iron Throne. That's not going to happen now, I don't think. Um, Did you see uh, Sophie's... Oh, I got that pussy! <laughs> yeah, that was really Instagram. good. That was very funny. I like that... Little Easter Bunny. That... Um, pop, pop, popping. People were... Um, that a very significant search uh, after that episode was, how old is Maisie Williams? Because no, people felt... No, I knew she was in her early oh, 20s. The, I, knew yeah. she, I knew she was of age. I was, you know, nothing there. But I think a lot of people felt really awkward about it because, not because she's young, but because we have known her since she was a wee little girl. Yeah. Um, and to see her... She didn't really get that many bits out. You didn't, she's a side you, didn't, you didn't see much. So that bum. was, yeah... Um, so yeah, that was interesting. I, I would I have think... liked that scene to have played out, like Gendry just like going up from behind, and then she turns around, and her face is hot pies. Yeah, uh, I think it's funny that obviously you know at the, at the end she didn't look 
didn't look like she was that enthused by what Gendry had to offer. No. Afterwards. Well, it's always your first time is usually disappointing. Yeah. But, um, she seemed very in control, but, you know, whatever. Uh, like I her th- muscles. <laughs> yeah. That, um, I think the only... Well, there's a couple of people that I think are safe next week, and that is John, Daenerys, and the Hound. Yeah. The Hound is 100% safe because he needs to go back to King's Landing to face his brother, and they will not shortchange us that. But that, this is exactly what we're talking about with Endgame. Like, the decisions is... Because we're going to get a battle on two fronts, it looks like. Yeah. We've got, what, four episodes left or something? Something like that, yeah. So we're, we're probably going to get two with the Battle of Winterfell, mm-hmm. and then two the survivors take it back to Cersei. Yep. And because they are survivors and they're diminished, mm. it's actually going to be a, a tough battle Pretty against the, yeah. the fleet there. Yeah. So in terms of who's going to that second part of the battle, mm. it's going to be who is thematically... The most important. Yeah. Most important and linked. So I feel like Jamie has to survive by that logic. Yeah, yeah. I would say Jamie would survive. Um, I did read a... And, and Tyrion, of course. Yeah. I read a theory that I quite like, um, that whether... Uh, this theory sort of said that maybe Sansa ends up on the Iron Throne, but I think it would still work even if John was on the Iron Throne and Sansa was his hand, that um, they take the throne and go, great, this clearly isn't working, let's split everyone up, everyone can have their own house area, you know, the north and, and all of that, and people can just govern themselves, which means that you know, the Starks will be will rule Winterfell and that, you know, the Tullys will have their own and the Iron Islands will... They'll just be their own areas, which I hope does happen. And I think that um, it means that we'll have to have at least one person from each house remaining, which means that I reckon Yara survives and I reckon Theon dies defending Bran. I think it's out of, obviously... Jorah and Baby Mormont, I think it would be um, a pretty reasonable... Given that Jorah's just been set up to fucking die this whole series, that it would be a redemption arc for him to then come back and be the head of his household, given that he was banished, you know, back before season one, for him to be able to come back and and regain his um, reputation and take over his house. Whether Sam takes... becomes the head of Tali house or he just gets killed and they're all fucked and Tarth is gone I don't know but I think that's a pretty reasonable way that things are going to end because I don't think that like there has to be a big change and that seems like a reasonable big change to me alright uh, I didn't prepare this I'm just thinking about this while you talked Okay. what if they're all having this battle mm-hmm. Okay. down at um, King's King Landing and one of them, like Tyrion or someone, goes, stop, 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 stop. What are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? What, what have we become? And they look, and it's really just all the main characters standing. Mm. And, and there's just bodies everywhere. And he goes, look, look, what do you see around you? And they go, well, bodies. He goes, but what else? And they go, swords? <laughs> and then Gendry, like a light bulb, mm-hmm. he invents a light bulb which appears over his mm-hmm. head. And then he makes six new thrones and they line them all up mm-hmm. together and then everybody gets one with all the swords that were left over from the battle. Mm-hmm. Why not? I feel like no- nobody really wants the Iron Throne because it's very uncomfortable. Because Gendry should make one with a cushion. Or maybe that'll be um, 
Arya will come up with that because it was so she's, uncomfortable she's, when she was sitting on Gendry's. She was like, oh, it's like being stabbed by a sword because it was her mm. first time. Uh-huh. And then she goes, I'll invent the cushion. Mm. Well, she's got her sword's called Needle, so she can... <laughs> yes, there we go. So, oh, yeah. we might have just solved Game of Thrones. <laughs> Maybe. I hope not. Um, yeah, I think that... Uh, poor Grey Worm after doing his hey after all this is over let's go retire to um, you know a nice island he dead he's so dead yeah I I I do think it's going to be publisher's clearance house where everyone that we don't need is going to get hacked off I think that well even not that we don't need like anyone's going to overcomplicate things like let's just get rid of them let's prune them like I, I feel we know enough about narrative setup to think that a bunch of these um, characters are pretty fucked, even though we wanted them to continue. Like, yeah. I think Brienne is on thin fucking ice yeah. after the Sir Brienne thing. I think that was just setting her up to cut her down, which sucks because I love her. Yeah. Um, but it's got to feel like an ending, doesn't it? You don't want to go through all of this and have this um, uh, Avengers thing where you're like, Okay, well, we just did all that for however many years, and two people are gone. Mm. You know, you, you want to see shit change. Yeah, or like, you know, does Brienne become the new Kingslayer? Does she kill Cersei because Cersei's, you know, about to kill Jamie or something like that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Cersei's going to have that baby because I feel like, just with Iron Man, like, having a baby is great franchise seed mm. you know like <laughs> Literally. It, it is because you can just and it, 20 years later you've got a new show mm. or even 10 years later you've got a new show you don't have to wait for the baby to age because it might be that baby playing the part mm. so and I mean we've you know they've shown that little kids can be heads of houses so why the fuck not yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> it can be a four year old a, a little toddler Lannister uh, that makes Joffrey seem tame mm. excellent mm. little four year old uh, walking around with a crossbow and, prost- and <laughs> prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. I uh, I'm interested to see where Bronze story ends up because he seems to be at quite a bit of a loose end at the moment, uh, and they obviously have something in plan for him, which I imagine will be at King's Landing. So yeah, because Cersei, yeah, Cersei wants him to kill Jaime and Tyrion. So I I can't imagine that he will. He'll turn. He has to turn on her. He has to. Yeah. I can't imagine that he wouldn't. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I am preparing myself to be very sad. I have been um, uh, number one fan of Jorah the Explorer this entire time, yeah. and I'm expecting to be very, very sad uh, at the end of the episode on Monday. But uh, he's hoping. I mean, I got out of Endgame okay, so <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll uh, my luck will continue. Who knows? I'll probably lose Daenerys, which I, will piss me off. I don't think that Jorah will survive the series, however. So I'm going to be sad eventually, whether it's this week or a bit later. All right. Well, look, that was a bit of an epic, but um, mm. I think that's uh, fun to have some uh, two friends talk about um, some big pop culture events that are happening right now. Yeah. And, um, just get to to riff on them. And it's it's tricky. Like we would say, oh, everyone, you know, discuss with us in the comments. But I kind of feel like we don't want to almost because they're still gonna, you know, like yeah. at, at the end of the day, when this comes out, it's only been out 
Yeah, yeah. Like, five, yeah. you know, even in America, it's only been out a couple of days. It was it's out true. here a little bit longer. So I feel like we still And there have are to be... people with children and... Yeah, for sure. And jobs and things where they can't just uh, jump out and see it yeah. straight away. And like, the, the friends that I went with today, they were like, oh, well, initially, I was like, you're going to see opening weekend? They were like, no, 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 we'll wait until the crowds die down. And then they just realised that they, they, they couldn't. Yeah. Like, they just had to go and see it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to still be very careful about... about um, spoilers and stuff yeah. so far I don't, you I don't, can tell us how good we were and how spot on yes yeah we can write in code let's let's make yeah. it a code like or say something. oh yeah you yeah you fucking nailed it that's everything i was thinking mm. you said and um wow mm. wow i owe you a coke mm. yeah i like coke yeah so no uh so next week i don't even know what the movie is next week i think we're gonna we're gonna try and do episodes every week while Game of Thrones is on because it's going to be too tricky to try and remember two oh, We've got to catch back. up on it. We didn't bother doing our Bollywood today because yeah. uh, it wasn't very tonally in with what we were talking about, but we'll have to yeah. do that. I'm sure we'll find something to see. Mm. Um, big news. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, go to fruitlesspursuits.com or to find out everything we're doing, you'll find links to our discussion page and our social media and all that sort of stuff. Just want to mention as well with my other podcast, Dungeons and Drongos, uh, we're actually doing our first live show, which is very, very exciting. Slash terrifying. Slash terrifying. <laughs> um, the first live show is the 3rd of June at the Claremont Showgrounds in the old Silver Jubilee Pavilion. And it's actually... As part of um, Objective Secured Southern Hemisphere Open, and that is Western Australia's tabletop gaming, CCG, RPG, and board game expo. Uh, so you'll find um, links to that on our Facebook discussion group, or you can look up objectivesecured.com.au. Uh, we'll be performing 3 o'clock till 5 o'clock on Monday. It's a public holiday here. It's Western Australia Day, actually, which is very apt. And um, we'll be doing a brand new adventure in front of an audience and uh, would love people to come in and support that and um, have a listen and uh, see us do our thing live and see the funny faces I pull when I'm being characters like Crikey Moses. I'll come and heckle. Yeah. I'll just stand off to the side and you should. heckle. You should come and heckle. That would be good. <laughs> That'd be really good. There's actually going to be room for heckling in the story I'm putting together. Mm, okay. So, uh, yeah. Mm. See, that, like, that, even the idea of that terrifies me. Like, I feel I would be censoring myself so much. That's interesting. Yeah, it'd be new. But, I mean, I, I you know, is that comparison to Whopper people? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Hungry Jacks person. Live impro? Yeah. I'm a Big Mac. Big Mac? Yeah. yeah. I you know Suzanne and I did theatre. I feel like we can we can uh, we can nail this. Okay. But uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Oh, I'll be in the back row telling you if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and chatting taters, <laughs> yelling out uh, from the back. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. Um, exciting time to be alive. Yeah. Or not, in some no, people's yeah, cases, yeah. Black Widow. It would be a spoiler I mean, you know, if I took a picture of everybody, this Black Widow figure that's fallen off my table. Well, you know, I was going to say, everybody falls for Hawkeye at some point. She just a little bit more dramatically than others. He needed to try harder in that scene. Yeah. Well, like, she fucking launches herself, and it's like, what were you hoping to gain here, Black Widow? Like, both of you die? You've got two fucking soul stones and no one to take them back. What is your plan here? Anyway. Again, don't think about it too hard. She makes a great sandwich, though. All right. Um, That's a lot.
Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to talk about the sandwich, but no, again, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, Tinkly Tonk, friends. <laughs> no, now I want to know about the sandwich. Well, okay, so she, okay, so she says she makes a peanut butter sandwich, right? Yeah. Does she not have? Is the jar next to her? That's like jelly or whatever Americans call it. So like jam. Yeah, but is it a premix peanut butter and jelly? I don't know. Because you can get that. See, that's disgusting. And yeah. you shouldn't be able to get that. But yes, I understand that you can get it. But it just, it looked like all jelly. Yeah. So, and I've, I know that Americans' obsession with PB and J is that why wouldn't, why would she just say peanut butter if she's, like, did she get, the, did she get all her shit out and then went, you know what, in this moment, I just feel like peanut butter yeah. and then just made a peanut butter there sandwich. There are Americans that have a very, very casual relationship with food in terms of like people in the south who call any soft drink a coke mm-hmm. or you know mm. everything's a sandwich mm. you know it's just a, it's just, yeah you eat it's it so it's processed yeah. it's crap like I, I, I don't know i just feel like like a, a sandwich like that like if you're being descriptive of it just be like properly descriptive of it i don't know so one I of the know. other things where they're just like did you enjoy the sandwich thing don't think too hard about it Exactly. It's like, oh, do you have questions? Don't think about it. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that's the secret, isn't it? That's why they're like, don't spoil it. It's like... Because you don't want ever, anybody to discuss it. Because if anybody discussed apart. it, people would say, like, oh, hang on. <laughs> but what about the, no, shh, don't talk about it. And yeah, like, but what the end there where no, no, shh. But, okay, so, and I think I mentioned this in here when we were talking to Suzanne, but I don't think I mentioned it on, on when we were talking about Thor... So Thor goes back to see his mum, and then just before they, he goes back with Rocket, he's like, hang on a minute, Rocket, and then calls for Mjolnir, which is fine. I think did, did I talk, did I talk about, about this? Yeah. Okay, I've just, like, I'm really hung up on it. Now we've travelled back. You've <laughs> travelled back in time. In the podcast. Anyway, I think that it's it's very irresponsible of Thor to take Mjolnir uh, Tink- back away from his previous. Tinkity Tonk. Tinkity Tonk. 